Venivores, a podcast about hunting for people who don't hunt, or haven't hunted, or haven't hunted much, want to learn, or want to learn. Feel that tingling in the back of my neck. You have to be there. You have to be there. You, you don't know it at the time, yeah. you know, but it sticks with you all your life. And you you don't experience those things unless you are a hunter. haven't been around for a minute yeah we can do that quick okay so like we'll just do like yeah because we'll have to do like welcome back you know? yeah hey we're, we're back. back we've been gone but here we yeah. are sorry about that holidays all kinds of fun things that yep. you know, it's series of events february we'll call it our yearly annual break how about we start right now welcome back to the new venivores a podcast about hunting for people who don't hunt and want to learn to do other things too ah oh, shoot hold on a second i don't have my whiskey i'll be right back I got whiskey. God, you're irresponsible. Super irresponsible. You know, I got to get myself together. This can't be done without it. I'll be right back. All right. All right, we're back. I got whiskey. We're good to go. I got an old-fashioned. I, I really burned it. It's <laughs> I'm so like good. whiskey and ice, maybe, with the ice. So, it's like uh, the last of my Buffalo Trace. Nice. Again, welcome back to the New Venivores. Podcast about people... About hunting for people who don't hunt and want to learn to do other things. Good, too. <laughs> you had to drop that, didn't you? It's, it's been about a while. fishing, too. Yeah, it is about fishing, too. And it's been a while. And we're back. Uh, and I apparently forgot the intro to our podcast and um, my whiskey because it's been a while. So uh, things get in the way, right? What are you fumbling around there? Uh, my phone and my whiskey okay. and my notepad and everything. <laughs> Only one of those is acceptable. All right. Well, cheers. <laughs> cheers. <laughs> so we're back. It's been a while. Sorry, everybody. All of our dedicated listeners out there. We really didn't yeah, say much about good. it either. <laughs> we have a few dedicated listeners by we now. We do, actually. Yeah. I was at I was at a Mule Deer Foundation banquet last night. And, like, I ran into, like, an old uh, um, person that I had worked with. And yeah. and he's like, hey, man, how's the podcast coming? I haven't heard you for a while. I'm like, seriously? You listen to our podcast? Yeah. And I was like, that's awesome. I I've a had fan. a couple people say that. Like, hey, yeah. are you guys fans. still doing that? <laughs> like, yes, yes, <laughs> we are. Um, but, unfortunately, forces conspired against us. Uh, not the least of which was, uh, well, you know, holiday time and all that, family time. Those sort of things, uh, but that's minor in compared to, uh, I'm going to leave political commenting out of this, but we didn't have a government for a while, and that's affected our life. And I'll let you, well, yours personally, and I'll let you talk about that as much as you want to, I suppose. All right. Well, there was a series of events, and uh, basically I quit my job. So I didn't have a – I was uh, using a work computer for recording, mm. which was okay. Don't be emailing them. And <laughs> and uh, I purchased a business. So Congratulations. But that took, yeah, and uh, that took a little while to uh, to happen. And I know in the meantime, I did not have a computer. But now I am sitting in my uh, – essentially my new business office with my new business computer. It was shockingly the same as your basement of your house. (laughs) Your new office. Well, that is the benefit of, you know, being in business for yourself. So, in any case, we are back. We are. Um, I'm stoked to be back. I am too. Um, We got a lot of things to talk about. And, um, you know, there's a lot of things that, you know, it's a brand new year. Essentially, that means it's a brand new hunting season. And because it's never stops for me, you know, there's and, always uh, one. yeah, there's always something, you know, and I'm, uh, we're excited to get back in the saddle, so to speak and nothing else. It's an excuse for me and Tony to drink whiskey together. For so. sure. <laughs> yeah. Forces conspire, don't they? Sometimes things happen and, uh, you got to pay attention to other things in your life, right? That is true. Well, it's funny as you mentioned the, the whole government shutdown thing and. 
there used to be like a libertarian streak to me of the government can do no evil when they're not in in session, and that is not true, folks. That yeah. <laughs> they can do a whole lot of evil when they're not uh, well, you know, when they're not actually technically working. <laughs> and it opens the door for things to happen too. That like I right. mean, you start talking about Yosemite and some of the things that happened around there, as far as right, uh, no, okay. And all that, or Joshua yeah. Tree and whatever, that's a separate conversation, but... I have I have a quick rant about the national parks system here during the government shutdown. Mm. And, folks, just because you are not being uh, chaperoned by our wonderful National Park Service staff does not give you permission to be an asshole. Yeah, I, like the cause... people are like leaving garbage everywhere. The people are like driving off road, like decided to turn. Well, it was Joshua Tree. They tried to like mm-hmm. somebody just like decided to start driving all over the place. It caused and, like, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years worth of damage to Joshua Tree. Yeah, like cutting you know, down Joshua trees. Yeah, and I just cannot fathom that why people thought that was okay, just because, because well, like, no, nobody's watching us. You know, it's like absurd. So, yeah. whoever you are, I hope you listen to this, and I want you to realize what an awful human being you are. <laughs> well, and unfortunately, though, I think the people that are going to listen to this are the ones that already know that answer and know to do that, right? And if we target hope so. new hunter recruitment, right? So, if you've never heard this before, here's my spiel about it. <coughs> if you're going into nature, leave it better than you found it. Mm-hmm. there's a leave no trace ethic that a lot of backpackers and hikers find all the way up to packing out your own waste. Um, and if you find a campsite that's there that hasn't been picked up appropriately, pick up that too. Uh, mm-hmm. a lot of backcountry hunting and angling involves going off trail, be as small leave as small of an impact on that as you can as possible because Yes, it is your land, but it's my land, and it's Miller's land, and it's every other American's land. So you have a responsibility to all those people to leave it for them as well the best way that you found it. So do that. Don't be a dick. It's basic outdoorsmanship, and I'm sure that the people that did these things are not their recreational people that went, oh, we can just do whatever we want, instead of folks that are actually invested in uh, having a some type of outdoor lifestyle and capitalizing consumptive or not on the what we have at our fingertips in America for that. So, right, you know, yeah, it just this will be the last thing. I mean, we have in this country the most amazing, like, unique public land system on the planet. You know, you can, you know, say that obviously the national parks aren't completely multiple use, but the reason why they were set apart. So, I mean, where's another government shutdown looming here? Um, and then just just be respectful. I mean, things you do today, I mean, they may, gen- you know, they have effect generations from now. So, sure. I mean, you know, don't ruin it just because you're you don't have an adult in the room. So, yep, <laughs> yep. Uh, there's a deeper philosophical question here that I would love to just jump into, which is the essential nature of humans, but, uh, I think we right. can leave that up to, uh, I think, uh, I think Rizzo and, uh, never mind. I'm not going to remember the right people, but there are some competing ideas on this from the golden age that I could dive into, but I'm not going to. Um, I think that's beyond this right now. <laughs> I think that's beyond the scope of our subject matter here. So, uh, right now we're recording. It's February or so, right? It is. Um, I just, it is application season. That's right. For a lot of folks, especially if you're doing a non-resident hunt. For sure. Um, I actually like as we're getting set up here. I just filled out my spring turkey application for nice. North Dakota. Nice. So I'm excited about that. Hopefully this year will be my year to finally figure this out. Mm-hmm. You know, so <laughs> I have I have called in turkeys before, but I just my setup was not quite right to. Um you know, to uh, capitalize on that turkey coming in. But mm-hmm. I think, uh, you know, every year I get a little better at it. I'm learning. And, you there know, you that's – I'm excited about it. So i got a good spot. Well, if it ever stops – yeah, if it ever stops snowing in this state, <laughs> then 
I'm so sick of snow. Well, it's made, <laughs> made fishing a, tough. It's made everything tough. We're so. having a real proper winter for the first time in several years where we get actual snow and cold. So, yeah, it's, it's yeah, interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah, I just... <laughs> I'm sick of shoveling. Yeah, I am too. I did it uh, so. probably four or five times in the last two or three days. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, those turkeys I'm excited about too. I was actually... I don't know if I told you this. I'm training for a marathon mm-hmm. right now. Um, yep. And I was running through the neighborhood, and I told you last year that there was that big tom in my front yard. I got video of it. Finally, <laughs> right. f- finally found where that guy lives. I was running through my neighborhood. <laughs> There's a big old tom right in the middle of the street. And I was <laughs> like, what are you doing? And I ripped a voice call at it. Like, my my wife actually makes fun of my voice calls all the time. But I ripped out a <laughs> voice call at it, and it was awful. But, you know, you know how to get to Carnegie Hall, right? And uh, he didn't move, didn't move, didn't move. And turkeys, out of any animal that I've heard of or chatted with people about, seem to be those that show up and don't give a rip about you at all. They'll get close. You can walk up and touch them until you're geared up in the blind with your gun and your decoys, and then they're nowhere to be found. Like, it seems like they Mm -hmm. seem to disappear on you when you're looking for them more than anything. So I'm running down the street. And this dang Tom is out in the middle of the street, ripped a voice call, trying to get him to gobble back at me. And I know it's the wrong time of year for all that and stuff, but I was engaging. And I swear, I was like, if I had put on my rugby hat and did a hard run at him, I could have tackled that thing in the street. Until he (laughs) took off and went flying up into the trees. And I looked up and followed him where he went. And there must have been 15 turkeys up to roost in this tree. And I was like, oh, that's where you guys live. In town, in my neighborhood, so it's not knowledge I can use, but it was super interesting. <laughs> well, it's a nice piece of scouting, you yeah. know, it's hard to, yeah. you know. There is some municipalities that'll do, like, in-town deer harvest. They may, yeah. There might be places that do, like, in-town turkey harvest. You have to do it with a bow, but, yeah. and, you know, I don't know if, you know, where you're from is one of those places, but that's actually an overlooked opportunity for... Um, a lot of uh, people that you know that these are. I mean, they're very controlled hunts. I've done one in Fargo before. Yeah. And um, there's you know if you put your work in, they can actually be very successful. And sometimes, like because they're, um, you know they they're they're essentially trying to lower the deer population within these places. Yeah. Like oftentimes you can get multiple tags. You know, so yeah. guys can fill. You know, you fill one, you go buy another. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's so a lot of guys put you know a fair amount of meat away doing that. So it's Good. it's something to look into for um you know, and then if you you're doing it in the city you live in, you don't even have to leave your town. You know, no. so it makes it real easy. Well, and shoot, I stopped my run to take a picture of it because I was mm-hmm. like, oh, cool, you know. And I looked down, and the tree happened to be in the backyard of a guy who was loading his kids into his car when I just, like, stopped in the middle. When I was, like, ripping out the world's worst voice calls at this turkey in front of his house. And uh, you, you need- stopping and taking pictures, apparently. And I was like, oh, hey, sorry, I'm not being weird. I was this, you have a roost of turkeys up in your tree up there. And he's like, oh yeah, really cool. Isn't it? So I chatted with I'm him uh, for a while. I'm going to need to hear this turkey call. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I think me, the listenership, we all need to hear this turkey call. It sounds a lot like my loon call actually. All right. Oh ready? my God. Even better. I want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> I can actually make a passable loon at times, but your turkey yeah. was awful. Well, my loon goes, loon, 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 loon. Yep, that's all. <laughs> yep. That's horrible. Hey, I've got him to call back. Yeah, this was, here, here's my loon calls. That's not bad. I could see where I that can loon act, is. Sometimes I can get him to answer with that. I kid you not. <laughs> I did. I ripped out that loon call, uh, maybe a couple of beers in at the lake at a family of loons <laughs> and a couple of them called back at me and it was just me and my son in the boat and I was like did you hear that they called back and my, <laughs> and I went back and told my wife and she didn't believe me because that's an awful loon call <laughs> okay well, so be it I mostly just scream at animals and hopefully they get back at me <laughs> but that's it <laughs> gotta have that. get, you gotta start somewhere that's right that's right and study it so you said right. it was uh, permit season right and so 
for those of us that are new, those of us that are trying to figure out what we're doing with ourselves as this goes, uh, is kind of a dead-ish time of year. Like, there are things you can hunt right now. You could get out and hunt mm-hmm. coyotes. There's some trapping opportunities and things like that. Uh, I think you can hunt, like, rabbits and stuff right now, depending on where you're at. Um, yep. But ice fishing is, I mean, I don't know about where everyone else is at, but we were affected by the beautiful polar vortex that happened here with, uh, it's, as bla- it's as bad as it's been since the Halloween blizzard of 91 in these parts. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, I mean, so the fish, I mean, I was out fishing, turns out I'm actually, have more opportunities to fish, so that's mostly what I've been doing, but uh, I was out on the ice and, I mean, it was not great. It's so cold that, I mean, they're getting, going deep and not moving very much. Pulled some northerns, uh, pulled some crappies, but it's not anything like what we normally would see out there because it's just that time of year. It's been cold enough for long enough. It's been frozen over for long enough. So the action is slowing down. And not to mention, it's, I mean, seasons for anything but panfish and stuff around here are going to close and that sort of stuff. So it's the perfect time of year to sit down and try and plan out your spring, summer, fall and uh, mm-hmm. a lot of times permit applications are coming in or coming due for especially those spring hunts now. And uh, that's the thing that I did not do very well last year is take this time right, right now. Because, I mean, I got out deer hunting, right? And I had grand plans of getting out duck hunting. And I mentioned about that before that, like, it's like, awesome, I'll go duck hunting. There's some public blinds that my local Ducks Unlimited put on the river down here and all this stuff. But... And I was like, when I got to really thinking about the logistics of it, which I didn't before, I was like, you know, I kind of need some more stuff. Like, uh, you know, decoys and calls and things like that. Mm -hmm. I got some of that, but like the real planning of it all kind of just snuck up on me. So now is the time of year to do that. Do you need some decoys? Um, I could always use decoys. I don't, I mean, I was going to borrow some from a buddy, but I would better be better to have some. I have extras. Do you? Like, I, can, I can probably hook you up. Okay. That would be super just nice. A, Boy, I'm glad we do a podcast together. <laughs> and have been just friends for years. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying, that, that is a thing that could happen. Well, like... and I mean, even now, I noticed, uh, not maybe not anymore, but in the last few months, all the sporting goods stores had the uh, decoys on like super mega clearance. You get a set of decoys for what appeared to me to be pretty cheap, actually. Like less than fifty bucks in some instances. There, they can be. Yeah, so that's definitely like a thing that, um, it takes up a ton of space. Yeah. So like they don't want to like hold those over very badly. Yeah, they want to get rid of them. Yeah, so when they can, then you know they they appreciate being able to get rid of them. Well, it seems too that there's the newest best thing every fall, especially when it comes Mm -hmm. to uh like, what I'm gonna call. Uh, types of hunting that have cult following like waterfowl mm-hmm. or bow hunting or musky fishing or something like that every year is the newest greatest this and that and everything you know waterfall hunting is in kind of like a renaissance thing right now where yeah that people are insisting on having and it's, it's making it kind of a, a gatekeeping thing where people are especially like hunting personalities are telling them you need to have you know these most high-end decoy type things and they get more like new ones get more expensive every year and uh, i'll be honest with you folks i can't afford them i don't buy them yeah you do you do not need a i know a trailer load of full body decoys to kill canada geese or ducks um my decoys most of them are 20 some odd years old um, yeah. I kill birds every year. Uh, I mean, and <laughs> get you know, don't. I mean, I, you know, wildlife is plenty smart. They're pretty good at surviving mm-hmm. things, but like they're still a bird. Yeah. You know, don't, do not give them more credit. I guess to think that they you know if you. I mean, there's definitely things they pick out, but I mean, it does not need to be like this brand new you know stuffer decoy for you to you know to get some waterfall so um you know pay way more energy into finding good spots to go and picking the right day to go and that'll make you more successful so i mean shoot when it comes to that i know guys that are into the whole heritage aspect of it and 
mm-hmm. they carve their own out of wood and paint them. That and, sounds very heavy. Yeah, <laughs> but they float, you know, and there's a spread. Mm-hmm. And I know guys that have carved their own decoys and hunt with them. And they have like, mm-hmm. I mean, a lifetime worth of carved decoys because that's their one and only thing that they like to do. But, mm-hmm. you know, the point is, is it works, you know. Right. They're also like some of the best callers that I've ever met. So that's probably, you know, that's probably a lot more to do with it than the decoys themselves. But you know how it is. Right. All right. So you said last year you didn't put in enough. What's the word you're looking for there? Homework or what? Yeah. What, just, I didn't what put went in wrong? Time. I didn't put in enough homework. I didn't, you know, mm-hmm. I, I just, especially with waterfowling and, um, with upland game too. Like I didn't do enough scouting. I, I just didn't do the overall homework on places to go and things and, mm-hmm. and how to set myself up so I could get out there and do it when the time comes. Right. Um, so, because I didn't start right now, you know? Right. And, uh, over the last even year or so, I've only been starting to look for even places to go around here. So, it just all those bits did not really come together as far as where to go and be geared up and prepared to feel like I wasn't going to go out there and try and hump a doorknob when I'm trying to do it. You know what I mean? Right. So, you know, I think what Tony's describing here is like, obviously there's no, for most places there is not like an application season for waterfall. Um, some states do require a lottery like South Dakota, if you're a non-resident, that requires a lottery for you to be able to go there. Mm-hmm. But now is a good time to go and make landowner relationships. Yes. You know, because they, when you're out in like October, November, you know, looking for birds, you know, that's a good time to know where they're going to be. But that's a really tough time to track down an agricultural landowner because he's busy. He is super busy you know with harvest and what have you and um he probably is not gonna have time to talk to you it's hard to tough to get a hold of the guy he's working crazy hours um you Every know because of all that has yeah, already approached him and asked him to hunt his land yeah he's stressed and now right then is just not a good time to ask yeah so if you can lock up those types of permissions now um it's a great time to go yeah you know so, and on top of that, like I had just mentioned that, you know, like last night I was volunteering at the Mule Deer Foundation banquet here in town. And, um, you know, now is also when it's banquet season for a lot of these organizations, yeah. which include, you know, like I said, Mule Deer Foundation. It's going to be um, the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation one's coming up here shortly. Um, oftentimes in the, this time of year or spring, you know, there's a ducks unlimited. So if you're looking to be a duck hunter, there's a good place to go and start chatting people up, Yeah, you know, to, you know, you get a few, you know, a lot of these boys, they, they have a good time when they go to these things and they get a little, they get a little liquored up (laughs) and sometimes, uh, you know, little loose, loose lips, you know, they're a little more willing to give you a little more information, you know, that's maybe a unethical pro-life tip, but, uh, Hmm. it is true, I guess. So but it's and it's a great thing to get you know there's always prizes and stuff but it's good camaraderie you know it's like-minded individuals that you know also care deeply about ducks or elk or mule deer yeah you know it's it's crazy how passionate these folks are you know and where i'm not i enjoy mule deer you know like most a lot of the deer i've shot recently are mule deer because they where i'm hunting it's whitetail and mule deer shared habitat but i'm not a fanatic about mule deer but the great part about mule deer for me is that they are share a whole lot of elk, uh, habitat with elk, which I am very passionate about. So, sure. you know, so that's going to be, um, you know, a big hunt coming up for me in Montana this year is going elk hunting again with for sure my dad, hopefully my father-in-law as well, that we're, we're really zeroing in on figuring these the elk out in Montana. So, um and that's you know it's an expensive tag, and actually the application's due here next month, I think. Yeah. Um. So that's when what we mean by application season for a lot of these guys for big for big game. Now is the time when you really need to be planning these hunts and scheduling your vacation time or what have you. So. For sure, especially if you're going on that, like we were saying before, you can hunt in your backyard, 
in most states, right? Figuratively, mm-hmm. somewhere relatively close to your house, you can go hunting, right? Um, usually, yeah. In most states, you know, unless you're a major metro person, and even then, you usually don't have to get very far out of major metros to have opportunities mm-hmm. for these sort of things. Um, but if you're going to do that adventure hunt or that outstate that big hunt, which I mean, you said you like to do like once a year if you can. Try, try to, yeah. You got to plan it. And I'm sure this elk hunt for you in Montana with those two gentlemen has been mm-hmm. probably uh, more than the last year in the making. At least you've probably been talking about this for quite some time. It certainly is. And it's something that, you know, we've looked for, we look forward to this every year now. Yeah. And so one of a big tip for, um, especially elk, um, pronghorn, you know, that's one, another one that, um, if you can hunt the same areas every year, you know, a lot of these animals become a lot more predictable. They stick to the same draws, the same, uh, bedding areas, the same feeding areas, you know, and you build this database information, you know, to where it'll help you with, you know, continued success. And, you know, that stems back, you know, eons for hunters that know when to look for for this animal here and when, you know. Yeah. So a great piece of habitat might not hold um, animals at a specific time of year. For instance, a place where I deer hunt at, you know, for that first month or so, you know, in September, you know, all kinds of critters there. After that, they're gone. Like, so, like, the entire month of October, I don't deer hunt because they, they all move. They go <laughs> I don't know why. I haven't figured it out precisely. I think it's because they go down to the further into the river bottom where there's some irrigated fields that are getting more agricultural stuff rather than hanging out with uh, um, up on the top. But yeah. it's just uh, during – so I've learned this over time. You know, right. October, October, it doesn't do me any good to be down there hunting. <laughs> you know, so that's when, that's when I'm down – you know, that's where I'm going more duck hunting. So then yeah. come – you know, it's, it's getting right after about the first week in November. Now it's time to go hunting again for deer. So, you know, and you pick up on these things over time. So. Yeah, and that's that database that we talk about, have been talking about building for a while. Um, and I think that's another place where I didn't quite pull all the pieces together is in the last year mm-hmm. is like I talked about, you know, a lot of the stuff comes back from what my dad preached at me in the truck when I wasn't listening at all mm-hmm. that I'm going through with my own kid right now. <laughs> um, but, uh I'm sure you know too, but, uh, never, <laughs> um, it's, you, you build that database and I've really only been like trying to actively do that for a relatively short amount of time now as an adult. And so that just didn't really come together. And, but now I have more time, right? Another year's worth. And that's another big thing to new folks. If we're targeting hunter recruitment here, which we are one of the main things is it's easy to get discouraged when stuff like that happens. Like it didn't come together for me. So it's easy to go like, well, you know, get discouraged and forget about it. But, uh, they, I've, I've been reading about new hunter recruitment. It's a topic for a lot of folks and for new folks, you got to stick with it for two, three, four, five years to really get the feeling and, uh, really find, get to feeling like you know what to do and what you're doing out there and that you could really like strike out on your own and find a spot and whatever. That's not to say, and like do the thing end to end on yourself by yourself. Um, that's not to say that you can't dive right in and do all your best to do all those things as far as doing your own scouting and permitting and all that stuff. But it really helps to have a mentor. Right. And somebody to go with. And so for all of those experienced hunters that are interested in getting new people involved, I mean, you got to stick with it for a person for two, three, four plus right. years, you know, and that's where you build those relationships. And I've also uh, put in some work doing that as well. Talking with people, um, I've got a couple of invites to go deer hunting in some different places, uh, out of state, tough tags to pull, but, you know, buy points or get the tag and if you buy the points then you'll get the tag more likely in the future right so it's that investment in the future as well plus uh minnesota's northwoods i one of the things i noticed in uh the deer stand this year was while i was sitting there in the 
rain and ice and snow and rain is uh, there was a lot of rough grouse all over the place. So that's something I was like, well, that's right here. And I know it helps to have a dog and stuff, but and I don't have one of those, but I got to chatting with some folks about that, and they gave me some stuff. So go check out over here, maybe go up there. And they gave me some spots to go check out. So that one seems to be more like what I like about pheasants. Like, yeah, a dog helps, but you and a buddy can go walk some trails, and you need relatively less stuff to do it, right? That's true. So that one's on the radar for this year is rough grouse, deer. And keeping at those fishing and then right. trying to get out of state and do some more deer hunting as well right so yeah i suppose we should address the elephant in the room that we we've kind of we've had to postpone our bear hunt oh yeah there's that yeah because because of my new business um i can't really leave this lake i can't be in a place where i'm out of contact for like a week to 10 days like this little hunt will take until i get another person trained in so that's still happening, you know, but uh, this year just won't. So, but it frees up some other. Cause I know you mentioned that, um, you know, you had some, you know, gear things that you were, um, oh yeah, looking to do. So that, you know, that's and there's just certainly a cost to that, and it's <laughs> taking on our bear hunt in the boundary waters not something you want to do without that. So what was? Oh yeah. So what were you looking to? Like, I know you wanted to plan that out, so do yeah. you want to discuss that now or you want to do it later? That could potentially be an entire another hour or so's worth of conversation. Because, <laughs> All right, uh, let's hold off on that then. Okay. So, well, stay we can tuned. Do a gear, let's, do a, let's do a gear list episode maybe next time or something like that. We, yeah, I, yeah. Like, I can, bring in my, I can bring out my pack and we can kind of go over some stuff. So, yeah. Like, and, what's in my pack type thing. Yeah, or, I mean, I was more we can do i guess the more i was looking for is like i have the clothes and stuff to stay warm and all that stuff but mm-hmm. like what's the specific things like i you know would love the opportunity to buy a new gun and also mm-hmm. uh like tree stand and stuff like that like i've only ever hunted permanent stands or from the ground and mm-hmm. just certain things like that like what are specific to this hunt that i should have that you right. know, we've been camping together we've been to the boundary waters you kind of know what i'm outfitted with mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. like you're outfitted with a positive attitude tony and i like that hey <laughs> that is absolutely true outfitted with a let's get out there and have an adventure type attitude that is an important piece of any uh hunting trip honestly yeah so. yeah i mean uh, do it your own way whatever you want as far as style and how you want mm-hmm. to get out of it but like i'm more of a head out there and have an adventure kind of guy i mean i've definitely heard stories of people looking for adventure too much and getting themselves in some very dangerous situations that they probably didn't even know they were in but uh i'm not so much on the uh have the guide do the camping for you type stuff right you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so, i get that yeah so what? Uh, so now that so we know that's off the table for now, so like, mm-hmm. you know, what is your, you know, you, you kind of mentioned some, some goals here. What's yep. your, uh, what's your plan to put this all together for this for this coming year? Well, my thoughts right now on the things that I want to get out there and get hunting is uh, deer, like mm-hmm. always. Um, I've got a couple of other deer spots or opportunities I think to hunt deer. Should I get the tag over in? your neck of the woods uh probably two over there actually which is more than in my home state but again it's more building that network right now of Mm -hmm. places to go and i was chatting with some friends back home and you know got an invite so we'll see if i can pull that tag and then i want to get up and do some grouse hunting further north of where i live here and just you know that's one where i can get out there and kind of feel it out a little bit right Mm -hmm. go with a friend or two and it's not something that is necessarily very gear intensive. You need a shotgun and a vest and uh, quick action on the shotgun wing shooting as far as I understand with those things. Uh, very very much so. It's uh, And a tag, right? Yeah. Well, for, for rough grouse, and uh, I need to interject here just if – Folks, rough grouse are one of the tastiest critters that you can find in the woods. 
I, I cannot recommend them enough. If if somebody gives you rough grouse mm. meat, you mean a great deal to them. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I cannot stress that enough. So um, I've hunted in northern Minnesota and yeah. uh, up by that uh, that cat or my in laws cabin. So yep. Yep. like I know that area a little bit, and like I plan on coming up there in October this year. Okay, that's like you know that's a good time to go. Um, yeah. I like I like going there because in the mid October waterfall lull that's here, mm-hmm. when all the local birds get pushed out with the first cold snap and the migrating birds aren't down yet, there's about a two week window there where I'm either forced to hunt pheasants or I need to go find something else to do. Yeah. So that's a good time for me to go rough grouse hunting. Right. So awesome. Well, if you so want to tag I, along, if you would, <laughs> if you would, yeah, would happily, happily come over and do that with you. Cause they're just, they're worth, um, every hard fought, uh, step for the tender morsels that they are. So, well, and I've heard they are shockingly fast. Like they get up and they're gone before you got your gun up, which yeah, they're I mean, kind it's of fun, a, right? Yeah. They're kind they're not an overly tough bird. Um, you want to, so like you only need to get a couple BBs in them usually to bring them down. Yeah. So you, you want to have a, a quick shooting, uh, fast swinging shotgun and, and don't be, it's accuracy through volume. Yeah. Don't, don't be, be afraid. Don't to, be af- yeah. Don't be afraid to shoot, you know, cause generally it's the only with way. shotgunning. That's my technique anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, so don't be afraid to, you know, throw out some, uh, throw some shots. So, um, I actually bought uh, a shotgun very simple for that type of purpose. It's uh, a Savage 555. Mm. It's a double barrel, um, over and under 20 gauge with uh, interchangeable stout, uh, um, chokes. Um, Mm. I usually, I like to use a really open choke for those types of birds because it's quick shooting. It's usually up close. Yeah. So I have uh, improved cylinder over an improved cylinder right on there, which – and there's even more open chokes, but I just haven't bought any for it. Yeah. And that gun is very affordable, folks. That is – it's a really light-carrying gun, and it's – I think I picked it up for $510 on sale. Oh, no. And uh, it's got really good balance. It swings well. It fits me great. So you don't need to shell out, you know – two grand for a brand new Satori to go rough grouse hunting, you know, and it's a, it's a good dependable shotgun. So, um, you know, that's another one of those things that, and you can probably pick one up and use for half that. Yeah. You, know, you can find someone that'll part with one. So I'm going to use the old trusty 870 just like I use for everything. Yeah. And, we'll and you, you might as well use what, use what you have. You don't have to buy a special gun for every, every purpose. For sure. You know, so, so yeah. I mean, um, it's fun to buy guns, but, you don't Certainly. need to. <laughs> right. Um, you know, so it's, it's funny. You're actually planning on coming out this way for deer hunting. Right. Doing some deer, I'm actually coming to planning, kind of hoping, fishing for an invite to come out your way this year oh. for doing a little deer hunting too. So. All right. So. All right. Like that same area up by Grand Rapids, I'm hoping to get an invite to uh, one landowner up there. So nice. we'll see. So hopefully I can put a, maybe a couple deer and an elk in the freezer this year. Cool. So. Yeah. I'm hoping to do the same for big game, at least one deer. Um, and I mean, it was weird. I looked at the, cause we were in a intensive managed zone, I think last year is what they called it, which, you know, if you took one deer, you could go in and over the counter buy a second doe tag and mm-hmm. just all the neighbors, everyone we talked to, it was just not great. You know, few and far between people were getting deer and the weather was not great, and for the whole season, I mean, it took the people that actually live where we were, it took them a while to fill tags when the year before we dropped, I forget what it was, something like five and a half hour or something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. That might not be entirely accurate, but it was a lot in a short amount of time off the top of my head. Um, and then I was looking at reports, and there were a lot of, uh, for my state here, and there were a lot of tags given out, and just not a lot of the the rate of filling of those tags was not what it was in the year before. So they gave out less tags yeah. and harvested more deer last year than more tags in last year this year. So I'm not trying to make right. an excuse that, or anything. It's just, you know, the way no, it turned out. That probably stemmed from last winter, mm-hmm. which was a very tough winter 
for a lot of deep snow, yeah. um, especially in that Northwoods area that where you're where you're hunting at. Yeah, certainly here in certainly here in North Dakota too, where you know I was still struggling through snows that when I was turkey hunting in April, that snow that had fallen in you know, December. Yeah. And it was still just super deep drifts that covered a lot of cover or, you know, it, it you know, took out a lot of cover for critters. It took out mm-hmm. a lot of food for critters, you know, so. Shoot, we talked you about were it in our prob- ice fishing episode. We were 30 inches of ice yeah. in March. Right. So you probably were seeing, you know, the, you know, the lasting effects of that winter this previous fall, but yeah. there probably wasn't a lot of, there probably wasn't a lot of deer recruitment from the year before. Probably not. So, you know, so in it's, and I don't want, you know, it, it's just something you got to deal with year to year, you know. I mean, yeah. it's still, the Game of Fish is going to do, you know, their population surveys every year, you know. So don't feel bad if you get a tag for filling your deer tag, you know. I oh, mean, yeah. it's, you know, they, they adjust those numbers up and down every year, you know. You, especially the Minnesota DNR, um, that's Division of Natural Resources, for those that don't know. You know, they have a very, very active wildlife management program. I mean, they're, oh, yeah. they have. They're well funded. They do a lot of studies. I mean, so um, you guys got a good good group over there. So we do definitely, that's... and um, we have a lot of like state parks and things like that too. I've said made the comment before for a uh, state that funds their DNR so much, they sure do a lot of messing with the uh, wild places around here. But part of that is uh, really well funding their game management programs like that. So you're absolutely correct about that. So. I mean, it, and it's tough, you know, is it's, it, I will, <clears throat> I will flat out say that, yeah, that uh, Minnesota regulations are infinitely, maybe not infinitely is the word, but much more difficult to understand than North Dakota population. Oh, it's you guys, thick. You guys have a lot more regulations to know specific to species area, what have you. I mean, For it's sure. a book, you know, so, but it's, you know, it's, it, and that is a hurdle, but it's, you know, you, you read it a couple of times, you'll pick up on it. Oh, for sure. Know, so, and right? they you know, like case in point, I said we pulled a couple of northerns. We pulled them on a tip up, and it turns out that the wall or the northern slot here, uh, I think, is uh, twenty-two to twenty-six inches. You have to immediately turn them back. Anything mm-hmm. under you can keep. Anything over you can keep. But like, right. I didn't know that. So, you know, when we pulled that first northern, I was like, oh, shoot! I think I there was a slot for this that we got to figure out, and we ended up turning. Uh, I think one or two back this year because they were in that right. slot and they would have been good eaters out of the cold yeah. water, but got to mm-hmm. turn them back. And I should mention, you know, Northern Pike gets a bad rap, but out of cold water, they are a spectacular um, good white fish for, for sure. fry or whatever, or whatever you want to do with them. So for sure. yeah, people, people turn their nose up to them. And if you know how to get those bones out of them, they're really good fish. So, and easy to yeah, and generally speaking, um, fairly easy to catch because of how active and aggressive For sure. feeders they are. So hard strikers right. use a steel yep. leader. Yeah. <laughs> so we've cu- we've kind of covered deer. Are you going yeah. turkey hunting this spring? Um, turkey hunting was something that I did want to do, um, mm-hmm. and I still might put together. It's one of those that's a total white space for me. Like I don't really know much about it, and I've really, I mean, like. When I was growing up, right, it was pheasants and deer pretty much that people mm-hmm. hunted. And, you know, if you got a waterfowl permit, like I've said before, and if you're out running some prairie potholes for pheasants and grouse and you come upon some ducks in a slough, shoot those mm-hmm. things too, you know, because you got a tag. But uh, turkey is something that I've been turned on to even in the last couple of years. And I don't know much about it. But... Uh, I was going to look into, you know, some guided hunts around here and see if I can find a place and like some mentorship in that through some of these state sponsored programs or uh, federation or uh, uh, association sponsored programs that we preach about. I was going to, you know, follow my own advice and see if I can't do that for either this spring or I think there's a fall season here too. I happen to know a particular uh, person that owns some land that uh, has a flock of turkeys on it as well. It would be moving heaven and earth to be able to go out there, but, you know, we are pretty close as families, so I might eventually end up wearing that person down, but it would have to be bow only, I believe, but we'll see. Well, let's. I know you had mentioned uh, um, 
thinking about a bow later. So maybe we can cover that in the podcast sometime. For sure. So, but for sure, for sure. So it sounds like you kind of got right. So it sounds like you kind of got at least a feel for what you want to your goals and what you accomplish want to accomplish this next year. Yeah. So I mean, just to sum it all up, I'm gonna apply for a couple of deer tags over in your area. If I pull those, I'm headed out there. Um, we have a pretty strong tradition that I'm confident in assuming we'll continue deer hunting here um, in the same place we always go, where we had uh, Caitlin on. And then... Caitlin and Michelle, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, actually, that... And I still appreciate the invite that uh, Caitlin yeah. threw out. And that, that's actually not the one I was fishing for. I was going to say, invite. like... I know I she's actually, a listener. She might be giving you a call. <laughs> no, that wasn't – that was, actually wasn't the one I was fishing for. There's another person that was open, but uh, um, I might take her up on that too actually. Fair <laughs> you enough. Know, if, you know, I would love to – fr- frankly, I want to come over there and just like hang out with you guys. So. It's fun. We <laughs> like, have a good time. And just, and just experience deer camp. You know, Sidebar, I saw the coolest dang garage that I have ever been in in my whole life last time I was up there. Mm-hmm. This their neighbor who they have a beer drinking Thursday nights with has a garage and he builds rat rods. And if you don't know what that is, Google it. And he's got all sorts of the craziest stuff to just tinker with and add on and like garage logic his way into the coolest hot rods you've ever seen in that place. I was a kid in a candy store. I couldn't believe it. They're laughing mm-hmm. at me because I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. But mm-hmm. anyway, it, it'd be fun to come hang out even. Um, but I'll leave that up to you and Caitlin to work right. out for the invite there. Uh, so I want to do those two things, dear. I want to, like I said, I was talking to the brother-in-law, and he's like, oh, yeah, we still hunt grouse all the time. Head up to this spot and that spot, and, you know, there are some trails in this place that you should check out. So I got a couple of hot tips on that because he was open about that. And uh, from there, I think, once I figure those out, like I say, you know, you get up in those north woods and find some trails where you can go hunting and you go walking with a shotgun and see what comes up, at least for now, but until you start building that database and recognizing the places to go and scouting those things out, right? Right. Um, so there's that. And then, uh, again, back home in North Dakota, I think I was talking with some of the buddies we went pheasant hunting with last year, and that is potential to be back on again. Uh, back home. So I'm thinking. You guys need to let me know when you come next time, so like I can help you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm thinking deer. Uh, I'm thinking deer, grouse, pheasants. Um, I would like mm-hmm. to get on some ducks, but I could probably scout out some more places around here. But it gets thick around uh, my area, especially. You know, I got to get pretty far away from where I'm at. To, People are fanatical about their their woods whitetails around here, so mm-hmm. um, that might take a couple more years of work. Uh, but then there's that I want to do deer, grouse, pheasants back home, one maybe two weeks, and then see what I can't do about some ducks again. But I really really need to do my homework and some research and get some gear, and that's a little bit deeper of a pool than I had anticipated it being. So I need to really learn a little mm-hmm. bit more about that, and. One thing that I probably did not do enough of in the last year is I'm get hoping I, I I hope you're saying what you want to say, but go ahead. Shooting, shooting. Oh, go shoot! What okay. were you hoping I'd say? I, I we really need to get together this spring and oh, yeah. like try to put together pounds of morels. Oh like I want, yeah! Oh dang! I want too. like that is actually my biggest goal for the year is to like. Put away enough morels for like dehydrate them so I have them for all year round. So <laughs> I'm not entirely convinced that they actually grow in the wild and that this is might be an elaborate <laughs> conspiracy that everybody I know is putting on because, uh, <laughs> like in, in my uh, late night moments, I have like secret fears that everyone in the world is conspiring against me to make me look like a fool trudging through the mud every spring, but uh. <laughs> That's another big thing for me too. That's going to be uh, kind of a year-round thing that I'm going to do more locally, specifically mm-hmm. to get my son out and about. Yeah. Is continue learning the mycology and foraging. Um, apparently, there's lots of ramps around this area as well, and so, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's that's going to be a year-round thing as well. Because I noticed that's- too, 
uh, last year, boy, did I ever have my eyes open about that. Just following these groups that I mentioned on social media, mm-hmm. it was huge. And everyone's like, okay, morales are over. And I was like, all right, well, see y'all next year. I thought in my head. And then it was <laughs> chickens and hens and kings and lobsters and lion's mm-hmm. mane. And in the winter, there's chaga that grows here. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's all the time. So that's something that, and pheasant backs and everything. That's something that I'm just going to keep as a constant going on pretty much all the time now. So you basically just kind of summed up the, like the beauty of like these folks that like, especially morale hunters that won't shut up about it, but yeah. also won't, also won't give you anything. <laughs> no, <laughs> like but, morels I mean, exist. That's all I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. Well, they'll say, Oh, South Metro is on the map and you can literally watch it. Like as it heats up in the spring, you can watch mm-hmm. it roll northward. Like through mm-hmm. even the metro area that I live in, which is right. crazy. They're like, you know, whatever county on the map, and somebody with just bags of morels. They're like, mm-hmm. just confounded <laughs> in my house, you know. But that's part of the fun too, is figuring it out. Mm-hmm. And it's an easy oh, yeah. one to get kids out there. I'm being very uh, specific with him that like you do not eat anything that you found until it's thoroughly inspected by dad, right? But Right. Then you get out there and find other spots for other things. Like I'm sure I've seen, I've definitely seen grouse, you know, morale mm-hmm. hunting. So it all feed on itself. But yes, there's that as too. But all right, uh, deer, foraging, grouse, pheasants, Dumps. continually fishing, <laughs> continually foraging. All right, I think you've got a. At least a good plan going forward. So yeah, that's the battle plan. I mean, we all know how long a battle plan lasts, but uh, you can't yep. even do it unless you have a plan to start. So, mm-hmm. so that's that. It's true, very true. So, long and short of it, if you're planning on doing an out-of-state hunt this year, uh, now is the time to get your application in. Mm-hmm. Um, in-state hunts, now is the time to try to get those permissions from uh, from landowners. Right. Now is, you know, then, uh, so now, you know, I, I'll caution folks a little bit to now is not a great time to be out tromping through the woods because you're going to be stressing animals, especially with the deep snows, um, you know, but uh, after the snows leave, it's a good time to be out like kept collecting shed antlers. Um, there you go. Kept finding those places where the animals were hanging out, see what survived the winter, you know, so um if you can get out on the lake, uh, January and February is a tough time to fish, but it really starts heating up here in a couple of weeks into March mm-hmm. and April. Um, actually, sometimes, <laughs> you know, take this at your own risk, but oftentimes the best fishing is when the ice is the sketchiest. So, I've said um, that before. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, you know, and then on top, you know, and now, you know, to kind of get, just get out of the house, you know, even with these tough winters, um, you know, go to some of these banquets, meet some folks that can help you out, you know? So, definitely. Uh, you know, there's always something to do related to outdoor recreation and, uh, there's always conservation things you can be doing. So, um, to give back to, uh, you know, where you, uh, taking some sustenance from. So for sure. And yeah, now is the time to do that planning. And I, you know, the deep winter hunting, I think, is something that's very interesting that I might want to get into in the next few years here, like as far as rabbits and coyotes and all that stuff. And I actually got invited out your way again to go coyote hunting in a place where uh, it was for the deer season. One of these deer invites that I got, they were like, hey, you know, I know it's too late for you to get tagged, but there's plenty of coyotes ripping around here. You can come shoot at those. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had a buddy that said he had a hat made out of a coyote and i was like that's just about the coolest damn thing ever and i for sure need one right now but i refuse to have a coyote hat now unless i shot it myself so you know new goal there and i want to get deeper into some of that stuff now or uh in the next few years but now it's really just uh i think you nailed it now is the planning season Mm -hmm. you know now's not a great time like you say to be out it's cold whatever pressure the animals well it's their sort of peak survival time um mm-hmm. give them a minute to recover it'll only help you in the long run um so get on your maps application you have earth view maps that you can use to do like a shockingly good uh uh job of scouting some new different places to kind of even just get that initial look right and then plan out your time 
and your vacation from work. That was a huge thing for me is just running out of time again too this last year. Call your buddies that you want to go with. Make your plans. Figure it out right now this time of year while you have a few minutes to calm down. And then go fishing too. Right. So um, hopefully we're going to get this one published soon. <clears throat> if yep. you're in the Bismarck area, um, the Sportsman Show is coming up this weekend. <clears throat> I'll actually be volunteering at the Backcountry Hunters and Anglers booth. Feel free to stop and talk to me if you'd like. I'll be there Saturday morning. And um, you're going to be a great group of guys there. And these are um, the guys that will be there. I, I know some of them. And uh, these guys flat out hunt. Let me tell you, I mean, these guys are, um, they're hardcore. So, um, and they're, they're usually very willing to help. So, um, another good organization, organization look at, you know, they don't do a lot of banquets, but they usually do a monthly pint night, you know, yep. and, uh, get together, have a few beers, meet some like-minded individuals. And we'll be having a pint night, uh, after the sportsman show on Saturday. So, um, you know, come join us. So, yeah. It's one of my favorites, backcountry hunters and anglers, for sure. So uh, we were going to do a new segment, new segment time. Oh, that's right. I don't have a theme song or anything, but maybe I'll find one and stick it in here, and it'll be yeah. hopefully not Should too we weird, but you know is me. That how we're, has, is that how we're going to close shows from here on out, this new segment? Let's do it. Yeah, sure. Why not? Right. Let's feel it out. So, new segment. You I go have, ahead. Yeah. Sell it. New segment is uh, what was your latest wild game meal? And that's how we're going to close these out, I guess, because I'm, I'm really excited about this because I've been trying some new recipes. So. I have too. And actually, uh, Michelle uh, mm-hmm. added me on the medias with an article about a new generation of uh, – the newer generation of hunters is very focused on cooking and eating more so mm-hmm. than previous generations have. I think this is awesome because I think a lot of people just do that steaks and burger, right, out of their deer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, beer battered fried fish or lemon pepper butter baked fish and white fish, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, uh, freshwater fish. And that's it. And I think uh, a big thing to recruit new people is showing like you can make delicious meals about out of this stuff that, you know, Mm -hmm. isn't just your grandpa's goulash. You know what I mean? Right. All right. So So, my my -hmm. most latest is the other night I made. Uh, pulled venison fry bread tacos Woo. where, so I did, uh, I kind of tried a new method with, I took a shoulder roast mm-hmm. from uh, a mule deer I shot in 2017 okay. and that's traditionally a really tough cut. And what I did is I actually cooked it from frozen. Oh, nice. And I put it in a crock pot mm-hmm. or no, excuse me, a Dutch oven for like an hour and a half at like 325. And then I turned the heat down to like 250 and I let that cook for like, I don't know, three, four hours more. Just let it and, sit there and fall apart, huh? And yeah. I, I like, I could not pick it out of there with like, like whole, like it came out in pieces, just falling apart. Nice. Right. So took that out, shredded it all up nice. Mm. And I, then I put that in um, just a big fry pan and I hit it with some homemade taco seasoning and I used some of that braising liquid that I used. I used oh, the so broth. Good. Yeah, a little bit of broth and some water just to make sure that roast was just about covered. You know, hit that with a little bit of that braising liquid, throw in that homemade taco seasoning, mix it all in together. And I just did, you know, regular taco stuff. I had some queso fresco, some, mm. uh, uh, you know, and some fresh salsa, you know, mm-hmm. what have you. Whatever you want to do in tacos, that's not the important part. You know, the thing is the meat. The meat and then definitely. just, yeah. And then I did uh, some homemade bread uh, dough for, doing with the the, the fry bread yeah. and that was a crowd pleaser in the house so i bet there's none left uh, you're like nice shoulder roast i'll have some leftovers was, for lunch that Nothing. was a great because it was, it was a big <laughs> shoulder roast yeah so we all ate dinner we've all eaten lunch on it again i still nice. got a little bit left i'm going to finish that up for lunch tomorrow awesome. um but yeah just fantastic and that's just you know it's an overlooked cut you know that's the most people a shoulder roast is something you throw in the grind pile yep. and this was fork tender you know, and nice. it's just something a little different that you can do to add that, you know, that wild game um, flair to, you know, something that would, you know, a regular something might be considered kind of boring in just a taco night. For so, sure. That's really something that right? I want to start doing with those larger mm-hmm. games is, you know, or larger game animals is, you know, we do ground and loins and the ground mm-hmm. is awesome. 
good potato sausage, good bacon sausage, all that stuff. But I want to keep some of those roasts a little bit more together to do some more of that stuff. All right. So uh, my last wild game thing that I made was actually just yesterday. Uh, I made crappie and northern bisque. Uh, really? Yeah. You have my attention. So I found this recipe for uh, crab bisque because uh, I am a pretty – I'm an at-home cook, right? Like I like to cook. Right. It's something that I like to play with, you know, and I've slowly taught myself some fairly legit tactics for cooking, I think. But mm-hmm. it's just something that's a hobby of mine at home before getting back into hunting as an adult. So I follow a lot of stuff for just recipes, and one of them had a crab bisque uh, recipe. And I just – lump crab meat believe it or not in very close to the geographical center of the continent is not the most cost effective thing to make for you know uh, it co- turns out it's really tough to get fresh fish and crab in north dakota and minnesota yes yep <laughs> so but what i sure do have is um a limit in the freezer of crappie and some of that northern that we caught uh mm-hmm. just a couple of weekends ago so i thought out uh probably about a little over a pound turned out to be of that. And it's just a few tablespoons of butter, some onions and celery. Make a little mirepoix, no carrot though. Uh, sweat that out, soften it up. Then uh, you dump in some, it says uh, fish uh, fish stock, but I didn't have that. Mm-hmm. But I had, I do like to make stocks. So I had some homemade veggie stock and I had some homemade bone broth that I made out of a chicken carcass. So I, dumped, right, yeah. so I dumped that in there. And then you let it simmer down and get happy in there and all that stuff. Uh, you also put in uh, some Old Bay seasoning and a bay leaf. All right. And salt and pepper. Followed. And you let that simmer down, you know, reduce a little bit. And then you take an immersion. Oh, and some flour in there, too, to thicken it up. Right. And then once that's uh, simmered down for about a half hour or so, you don't want to reduce it too far, but get it thicken up a little bit. Pull that mm-hmm. bay leaf out, immersion blender, blend it up, half a cup of cream. And then I just, uh, probably about two thirds of that crappie, I just cut into little, probably one inch by one inch bite sized little pieces and dropped in there and put it at the lowest simmer possible and just let it sit there till that crappie was done. And then I, uh, while that was happening, I took some flour and old bay together and tossed the rest of those crappie pieces in them, did a quick pan fry on it. And then I served up that bisque. In a bowl, took some of that pan-fried crappie right in the middle there, a little parsley on top, a little fresh sourdough bread from the Swedish bakery down the street. Oh, dang. It was amazing. Dude, that, sound, that sounds bomb. I can't wait to it listen to this again so, so, I can, like, write, so I can write that down and like I'm going to try that like immediately. <laughs> I'll send you the recipe. And it like, I mean, that's one thing I've been trying to do with some of this uh, wild game I have is, you know, anything that has red meat, whether it's a roast or ground, you can use deer for you know, anything right. that has any kind of seafood, I've just been throwing crappies and northerns in, you know what I mean? Right. So it turned out, I mean, I'm, it's awesome. I have to, like, wrestle my wife to get to the leftovers of it, so. <laughs> That's great, dude. Yeah. We do have to, we have to do, we have to do plug something real quick, too, that wasn't our last wild game meal, but me and Tony discovered something that we will never leave in the woods again. Oh, yeah, after, yeah. After we had, after we had a few beers on New Year's Eve together, um, we, we, uh, made some buttered buck nuts. Well, yeah, <laughs> well, you're like, hey, I got something for you when we were at our, uh yearly get together on new year's with their families. And I was like, Oh Jesus yeah. Christ, what is this? Um, <laughs> turned out to be buck nuts. <laughs> and, and we use the Steven Ronella method of cooking them up. Yep. Oh man. And you would never know that's what you were eating. Honestly. Oh, it was good. It was, they were good. I will never leave another set. Out no, of the woods ever not again. at all. Like those are coming home with me. Yeah. That's another thing I want to get into more is like some of the more organ meat. I know you don't do, uh, I know you don't do filters, but uh, there are several recipes that call for tripe that, you know, I don't know what that is on, how good that is on deer, but hey, man, well, I, I'll eat anything. I know I want to ex- I want to experiment with call fat. Yep. You know, I want to do, you know, a couple other things. So, uh, um, yeah, I'm willing to try it. But yeah, yeah, so yeah. That's, uh, that was awesome, though. Those bug nuts were great. People thought we were crazy. Yeah. I'll never leave another set in the field that's for sure though like it's just another right. thing to eat a little butter 
nice and low. Keep basting it. Salt and pepper. Mm -hmm. uh, our friend, shout out to Hunter, said tasted like, uh, kind of like really well fried eggs. <laughs> the texture Whatever, wasn't man. the texture wasn't really gross or anything. I mean, I thought it was good. Well, as long as you eat them, I don't care. Yeah, so. eat them while they're hot. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah. that was an awesome like new segment. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm happy to do, that to do next it time. for sure. So we should keep doing. Like, that. we're gonna like have to push the envelope in some of these recipes. So oh man, I've got some. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can definitely see this becoming a. Uh, competition of sorts but we'll see <laughs> um yeah so you know like we always said educate yourself get yourself uh the resources that you need uh to like i didn't do a very good job of in the last year but it's out there and we're going to remedy that and you can do that too uh backcountry hunters and anglers wild turkey federation ducks unlimited state and local game management associations, quality deer management, all that stuff. Get yourself involved. They have information and they want to help you. So, and they want to help you help yourself, but that's what you got to do is help yourself. Um, so. Thanks for listening, everyone. As always, uh, thanks to Craig Minowa and Cloud Cult for letting us use the song Running with the Wolves as the intro and outro to our program. Get out there. Sharpen your teeth. Dig deep. Cubicles and little flaming piles And we were running